0: Opinions expressed on ACB media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: This is Sunday Edition with Anthony, a news magazine show featuring human interest in the spotlight, movers and shakers, and the news and happening that affects all of us in and out of the ACB community. welcome 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 to sunday edition i'm your host anthony corona and it is my pleasure to be here with you on acb media one every sunday at 1 p.m eastern standard and wherever you hear wherever you get your podcasts whenever you wish to hear us um i am as always joined by my executive producer editor-in-chief and so many other titles um currently a next gen board member but um, that term is ending soon but he has just been elected to be BPI board Byron, welcome welcome hey <laughs> I'm so excited <laughs> we're so excited to have you too although I think you've done as much if not more work than most of all most of our board members already so it is going to be really refreshing to work with you as a board member i'm really excited about that
2: me too i just can't wait thank
1: you anthony a little birdie actually whispered something to me the other day um you worked on a film that is about to
2: premiere I, I did. Yeah. Um. So Roy Samuelson uh, approached me and let me know that there is a, uh, a movie called Say His Name, which is a documentary about George Floyd. Um, and they wanted to do audio description. They wanted to have somebody engineer it who is blind or visually impaired. And so uh, Chris Snyder and I both um, put some time in and we got this thing uh, nice and polished. We got the, we got it, all the things about audio description that we really appreciate, like the, the dialogue is not buried under description. And if something important is happening in the background, you know, we make room for it and uh, concise descriptions that are not over the top. We did a really good job and I'm really proud of this piece of work and uh, we're going to screen it on on uh, Tuesday. So then I'm just, I, I really can't wait for everyone to see it.
1: It's I can't wait right. like to see it, and I wanted to uh, I wanted to shout out and congratulate. And um, folks, if you are on Facebook and you go to the audio description the audio description group, I know that Roy put um, a link to um, participate there. And I just want to send a a special shout out to my friend Nefertiti, who did the audio description. Um, she was one of the first people that I met when when I lost my eyesight. She helped me in my early stages of learning how to use voiceover, and I was probably one of her most difficult clients. I I would definitely, but we became very, very good friends. I also want to announce that next week on Visibilities, our good friend Terry will be throwing a holiday party. Um, So if you are listening and you want to celebrate, please, 7 p.m. on ACB Media 1 next Friday night, join Terry and Visibilities. Um, I will try to be there and, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Byron, any other, um, any other announcements or things that we need to let these folks know about?
2: No, we're, we're all done with house housekeeping. The floors are nice and vacuumed. Everything's dusted. I think we did a good job.
1: (laughs) Well, I spent my morning on ACB media Four as part of the holiday extravaganza, I did the eight to 12 P 8 AM to 12 PM block and right now it's Tyson Ernst. Please don't turn over from our show to him, but when you're done here, you can go check out Tyson, and I believe the rest of the day will be um, Rick Moran. So without further ado, I am going to turn it over to Penny Reader for a moment and ask her to make the introductions of who's on the call with us today. Penny, welcome back to Sunday Edition.
3: Well, thank you, Anthony. I'm happy to be here. So I'm going to introduce um, all of us and um, our star, is Dean Amusa and uh, Dean's experience is what motivated all of us to get involved with this issue. So I know you're gonna be interested to hear what he had to say. And we're all gonna be cheering that um, the problem that he had is gonna be resolved, hopefully in the next three or four weeks. Um, also is Sarah Calhoun, who is president of GDUI. I'm immediate past president. And then the only thing I did in this whole thing was um, write the announcements um and uh, but everybody has a role to play also Sheila, that's not uh, true you kept,
1: you kept us all coordinated and in the know i pretend that there was an update you made sure we all knew and so i am unofficially dubbing you my co-host for today because you put a lot of work into making this show happen
3: that's very sweet. I don't know if this may be dealing on my, on the only time I'm a co-host. you you'll probably forget about it the next time there's an issue. Um, anyway, Sheila, <laughs> Sheila Siren also helped so much with the research. Uh, that helped us track down what the CDC had been doing. And um, she and I both contacted the schools. She contacted the airlines. And um, yeah. I, we couldn't have we couldn't have done it without having each other to work with. And Melanie Brunson is the um, what do you call yourself, Melanie, the director of advocacy for GDY? Advocacy and, um, committee chair. Thank you, thank you. I couldn't think of the word chair. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're so lucky to have Melanie chairing our committee. We are really busy with advocacy but this was an immediate advocacy concern and we're so glad to uh, have been able to be involved and to let people know what was going on. And also to uh, have learned that the CDC seems to have come to their senses and uh, maybe this won't be happening to uh, anyone else, I hope, um, and in terms of traveling internationally with a guide dog. I think, um, did I leave anybody else. I did Sarah, Sheila, Melanie, Dean, me and you—that's us. Yeah, <laughs> that's
1: us. And so, folks, um, this this um, this issue actually cut really, really close to home. Um, folks out there might know that Gabriel and I are traveling to Honduras for Christmas to be with his family, and so you know, after we booked our ticket, about five days later, American Airlines sent us a. An email saying that we had to do something with the CDC. It wasn't very. It wasn't a very clear email. I will definitely admit that it, it was kind of confusing. Um, and once we got to the CDC website and and found the accessibility issues, um, mm-hmm. we started to panic. Um, you need to take. You needed at that point to take pictures of your guide dog's teeth. You needed not one but um, a- at least three years back of rabies certification. Rabies. Um, vaccination certification. So, you know, there was a lot of stuff involved. Um, when I heard Dean's story, I immediately jumped on it. A, because it hit close to home, but also realizing, you know, some folks aren't even made aware of what's going on and that's not acceptable. So with these ladies, we were all calling the schools, all calling the CDC, all calling other advocacy groups and, um, We seem to have gotten something done. I don't know if it's only us or if there were other advocacy out there that was happening in conjunction that made the CDC relax and look at the the rules, uh, the restrictions that they had put in place, but nonetheless, they have changed the rules, and we'll talk about that later, but I want to bring Dean into the conversation because I think it's really important for folks to hear his story and to understand, you know, we're all just one flight away from. I, for me, I would call it disaster. I, I can't possibly imagine, you know, stepping onto a plane and 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 it pulling away, and my dog not being, you know, under under the seat and 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 between my legs. So, Dean, Dean, welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday Edition.
4: Thank you, thank you so I, um, very much. Thank you, can you hear me? I,
1: yes, we yes. can hear you. And I wish it was under different, better, wonderful circumstances. Um, sure. But thank you for being willing to, you know, to come in and tell your story. I would like to ask you to um, introduce yourself, tell us a little about yourself and tell us a little about your dog before we get
4: into the specific situation. Sure, I am a Musa. Uh, i live here i live and work here in central wisconsin i'm a visionary app specialist i'm a visionary i a visionary specialist here in central wisconsin and i um have and you know continue to use a guide dog i've actually this is i'm actually on my sixth dog if i'm not mistaken um and so i i do a lot of traveling um in and around the state and internationally and and i have this pilgrimage that i do you know pretty much every year except when the pandemic started you know i go to nigeria which is where i'm origin, where i'm from originally um i have lived in the united states for gosh, going on 30 40 years so i'm not i'm not new to using the guide and being on flights here and there well i had an emergency come up um in in late September, early October, my, my uncle passed away and I had to rush home for the funeral. Um, and up to that point, like I said, I have, you know, since I've used a lot of dogs, I also do stay stay on top of what's you know what's required. And my dog is up to his, you know, up to par with regards to his vaccination. So when I when I got, you know, I, I so I got through I got through Chicago here and Atlanta and the connection and everything was fine with regards to the accommodations and everything. And up until and I was only gone for a week. So on the the day I was supposed to come back, which is the the twenty-third of October, I was surprised that um because it's it's usually the the Nigerian end where I have problems with, you know, getting the dog through the airport and all that. But this time it was actually the airline that said that they wouldn't uh, board me with the dog. And the reasons they gave was that I had to get a dog import permit. At first I thought maybe it was just a thing with the, 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 you know, the, the ground staff over there in Nigeria. And then they said, and then they told me that, well, this is a CDC thing and I should, I should have been aware of that. Well, I had to, you know, we we, we did a back and forth for upwards of four or five hours, and then finally, when the gates were about to close, I said, "Well, you know what? Since my family is here, I'll just so I left so I left my dog in the company of my my sister, and then I, you know, boarded the flight and came back. in. well, would you know, you know, there was a ruling, you know, effective in July, that you had to get a dog import permit. Six, yep. weeks, six weeks before you had to you had to travel well i left within a within a week of you know this whole thing happening and and so i was totally totally unaware of that and then i said to the to delta officials here that you know you guys gave me all the assistance and everything how come nobody and i actually showed you my dog's vaccination and documents right in chicago how come nobody ever mentioned to me or asked me what i was aware of this new ruling and you know since since you are the face of the public i would think that this is something that you'd be you, you know you you'd share with people especially cuz and like i said to them if my passport was out of order you'd say something so why didn't you say something when you know with regards of this and you know and so that was that was really i mean i was really totally just unprepared for you know for, yeah. for that. You know, in Nigeria and, and here, and so that's that's what started this whole, this whole thing. Now they have since apologized because I wrote a, i wrote a letter to, to the CEO demanding why Delta dropped the ball on this. And this, you know, they did apologize and said that they were, they were sorry, and they should have been more uh, forthcoming as far as making sure that everything was in order. Uh, but still, that's still, and and I don't, and my question is why the CDC you know, went to work on this and with no exemptions for service, you know, service, service dogs or, or whatever. And then did an about face just in the last, uh, in the last few weeks, you know, now exempting service dogs and, and all that. So, uh, so that's my story, you know, if you keep, and then willing to take any questions from anybody. Well, first,
1: why don't you give us some, tell us about your dog.
4: Sure. My dog is 10 years old. Uh, I got him the from, uh, I, yeah, I got him from I got him from if I'm allowed to say the school, um, sure. from pilot dogs, and so and actually he's he's about ready for retirement and and I was that in fact this was probably going to be his last trip home and then uh, my because I'm I'm already in the pipeline for to get another another dog and all that so I've had him for you know for for eight years um you know he's a yellow lab and you know pretty healthy and i've had no problems whatsoever with him
1: and so um i know that the ladies from GDY made some phone calls i called six schools myself including my school and asked you know why there wasn't you know blast put out to all of us that this this had happened, uh, you know these these changes. When you travel normally out of the country, you have to get um, an agricultural documentation. Um, so if this, you know, if this was added on, why wasn't it blasted out to us? And you know, five out of the six schools admitted that they they felt like they dropped the ball, and um, we should be receiving notification from our various schools, or at least the six that I spoke to. That I spoke to personally, we should be receiving notification from them this week because as of December 1st, they actually rolled back the restrictions for people with um with fully accredited service dogs. So let um,
3: me um, interrupt you. So this is Penny. Sure. Uh, so um the CNI actually did send the word out and I saw it maybe in August. And I know that we, we in GDY put the announcement in our newsletter, which is called Pause for GDY News You Can Use, but a lot of people did not see it. Yeah. Um, and when this happened to Dean and we found out about it, uh, I contacted all the schools by email. Some of the email addresses did not work, but most of them did. And many of those schools did send out an announcement to their <laughs> graduates during the week after I had written to them. And then last week when the CDC changed the rule, I wrote to them all again. And so if you are a graduate from most of the schools, you should be getting notification that the rules Mm -hmm. have changed. Uh, And you should have gotten it either last week or it should be coming this week. Um, But it really, the CDC is the agency that dropped the ball as well because- Absolutely. Who knew, who knew?
1: And the airlines. Um, And I know that- I know that they did a few things, Dean, to to try to rectify the situation. But there's nothing that can really that can really, um, you know, satisfy the fact that you had to be separated from, you know, your beloved guide dog, your mobility aid. I know that you are planning to go back over the Christmas week, I believe it is, and and uh, it's a boy, right? Your dog, yes,
4: and bring him home. Yes. Um, yes, yes, I'm, I'm planning to. I'm planning to to go back um, for the Christmas already because this was the, the 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 Christmas thing was already in place long before the long before I had to rush on for the- that was your yearly pilgrimage right. <coughs> minus pandemic <laughs> of <reports>. course yes
1: <laughs> so let me ask you um, when you got back you also had to go through all of all of the steps to apply for the permit only to um, I'm sure you just recently were notified, as as Gabriel and myself were notified, that we actually didn't need the permit after all because December first, the the uh, restrictions are rolled back. But you had to go through all of that when you got back. Um, is there anything that you want to tell the folks about how how you were, uh, you know, going through that process, how you were aided, or you know, where you found roadblocks?
4: Yes, I have to say that the that that CDC website is not very user friendly. Um, I had to, like I said, like I said earlier, I am a rehab specialist here, so I do have a a driver stroke assistant, and I think like three or four times uh, we sat together to try and and do this, and so it wasn't it wasn't and you know I'm uh, you know I'm not a I'm not a tech geek, but I'm pretty good with the computer. Um, and I, I still had problems with it because every you know, the other thing is the other thing is that you know you have all these things that they want you to upload uh, you know documents here and there and I did I did get a thing back from them. One of the things that I, I I don't see them addressing yet is that my dog was I got my dog you know a few years before the school started my, microchipping, and so my dog is not microchipped even though he's up to date on all the other aspect of the end and I've not had them say anything about that. It does say that if she's vaccinated for rabies and everything, that's that that's fine. But they didn't address that issue of those those, you know, because some schools didn't start microchipping until uh, just a little while ago. And mine happened to be in that, you know, in that in that category. Um, so I reached out, but, but but when I when I completed the form, I reached out to my Congress Congressmen, you know, to see what they can do uh to expedite it. And then actually, so they also got back to me saying that they were coming out with this new change, uh, even though they didn't, you know, I think I think I, I first heard of the new change from uh Penny when she sent it out. But that's what my Congress I'd already gotten a response back from the CDC saying that my form was incomplete. And I think the incompleteness of that form was that my dog did not have a microchip number. Microchip, yeah. So, is there going to be any issue with the microchip now? Um, I haven't heard back from them yet. Yet. Okay. So, 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 to me, that oh, to dear. me that is, that is still a problem because I haven't had anything back. Because I don't. The school had a number for the for the dogs around that time, but it's not a microchip number according to. Since I you no, know, that's what the response I got from the CDC indicated, and I think it, it looks like it. might even not have been a, an automated um, response that I got back, not a. You know, person like in you life. Get,
3: I wonder if you could get an official letter from your school you know, saying that the dog is yours. And, and I don't know, maybe that would help. I don't know, that really makes me worry. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Sheila. Could I help I finish, you? Uh, I'll I finish ending your next, a uh, few years ago, I was traveling to Hawaii and my dog had been chipped. But when, uh, fortunately my vet decided to check the chip before we left, and it had disappeared from her shoulder, and we couldn't find it. And so we had to rechip my dog. So even if your dog is chipped, it could possibly be not readable. So I mean, that's another issue too. Go ahead. Um,
5: this is Sheila, and um, I would I I have been wanting to talk about ask this question, and and I guess another part would be, and there probably most people are aware there there is more than one kind of microchip. So you want to make sure that you have the appropriate international travel microchip, and I was wondering if that, if you could do that in, you know, if your family could take Oria to the vet in Nigeria or somewhere and get that done. Um, and I, I something else we haven't talked about yet that I, I think is also really germane to this topic is that when I I spoke at length with Dean near. Well, shortly after we, you know, were put in contact with him, and he also told me at at that time that he wasn't aware of the the other form that we spent the last year talking about. And you know, we all know many of us have had experiences that the airlines are very inconsistent in as to how they are requiring this information to be provided and even apparently telling us to fill it out because dean had this reservation on delta and was not aware he didn't know he needed that when we spoke on the phone he said nobody told me about that they asked me a few questions so maybe they might have been filling something out but he wasn't aware of the specifics of that form so he had two you know double whammies and yet they let him get on a plane and out of the country and then all this hit like a you know a, a lead brick of balloons. Well, that's a funny uh, <laughs> weird saying. Uh, I don't think anybody <laughs> ever said that before. But you know, it's it's like he had two strikes against him, you know? And it just really brings home the fact that, you know, we as as GDUI and the schools and ACB, we need to make sure our members have this information. And still, as I firmly believe, work hard to make it go away. But (laughs) my two cents at this point.
1: Oh, absolutely. Go ahead.
6: Well, I was, this is Melanie. And I was just going to say that I think for me, that was the biggest problem is that nobody was doing much to get the word out. And, you know, the first thing that, that we GDUI thought of as an organization was well what about people who are going to be traveling? There are, I think, you know, the the requirement is is similar to what a lot of other countries have been doing for a while. But the problem that we face is that the US wasn't one of them. And when you make that big a change uh-huh. even members of the general public need to know about it, but especially people who don't necessarily have as much access to things, to sources of information where they might get that information. And so, you know, there are 114 countries on the CDC's list of countries that they deem at high risk for dog rabies. And therefore, if you are going to travel to any of those 114 countries, you are um, going to be scrutinized more highly even under the new rules than you would be um, otherwise. And so I think that people need to know this. And these are countries that are across the globe spanning several continents. And so um, people need to know, one, that there are new rules, and two, that if they plan to travel now, it's not just the airline that they have to look to for information, It's the CDC, because this is my understanding is that this is kind of a moving target, Um, that the rules could change depending on what kind of information they have about the risk of rabies transmission around the world and how that risk level fluctuates from time to time in their eyes.
1: we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, putting together a checklist for when you're going to travel internationally in a little while. Um, I think for, for me, you know, luckily we were, we were flying American. And like I said, five days after we booked the, the ticket, um, you know, we got emails about this, but I feel that, you know, the CDC has a grave responsibility. You know, they need, they need to make sure That the airlines understand that this is not something that you know this is something new this is something that's going to be that needs to be communicated you know we have to file now a a, a dot form for for our um for domestic travel for our for our guide dogs so when you're checking off that box to make sure we have that, and it's an international flight, that should be the next, whether it's a pop-up box or mm-hmm. an edit field mm-hmm. or whatever it be in the screen, yep. that, you know, that's the next thing that should, you know, that should pop up to anyone. Um, and if, you know, if there's not some sort of acknowledgement that that, that form is coming in, then the airline, you know, needs to, to let you know before you board that plane. To whatever country of those 114, you know, what whatever country in those 114 countries before you board that plane, hey, you know, did you do these forms? Um, because mm-hmm. we don't have it here on our manifest, and you won't be able to bring your dog back. Uh so That's to sick. me, I feel like, you know, the the airlines had just as much of a responsibility as as the um as the CDC. Sarah, yes, ma'am.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I I, I agree with you 100%. And to clarify also, uh, when Dean uh, booked his flight in October to travel to Nigeria Nigeria and back, it was a round trip ticket. So there too, since it was, the airlines knew he would be returning from Nigeria, that like you said, something should have popped up. Yeah. This is what you need. Yep. And um I did check very quickly that um in order to uh return with your dog from a high-risk rabies country, you do need the uh rabies vaccination from US. And it does state that a microchip is needed mm-hmm. as well as the dog being over six months old and healthy, and that you return in one of the 18 ports of entry. Um, Yes. Like we're gonna go,
1: old, yeah, we're yes. going to go over those airports in a few Wonderful. minutes, too. Um, <clears throat> but also, I, I feel that we we absolutely, and, and I'm going to repeat this again before the end of the show, we absolutely need to let people know that if you have the three-year rabies, vac- rabies vaccination, you have to have another vaccination, either prior or a new one for, you know, this current oh, year. Oh, wow.
3: Did you guys have any of that?
1: Yeah, they're not, they weren't, they're not accepting and they're advising us to make sure that we have two certificates. You know, we have two dogs, obviously two certificates per dog on our person when we come to fly back, because, because this is such a new change again, we don't want, you know, they don't want us to run into any problems trying to come home with dogs. That's not on their website. That's not on their website. It just says an
6: unexpired. It doesn't it doesn't say that it has to be given within a certain amount of time.
1: Exactly, and that's why I'm announcing this now. When we well. actually spoke to to their, two different folks at the CDC, and they advised us that while this is an, this is what they're calling an interim change. It could change at any time and, and it become it looser next week
3: if they wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's true.
1: So, based upon the information as of right now, they're advising us to have two rabies certificates on hand with us when we're traveling back with the dog, as well as you know all of the other, the DOT and the, I believe it's the Department of Agriculture. Yes, um, it's the Department um, yeah. of
6: Agriculture.
1: To have all physical copies of all of that on hand, because it is, they, 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 it has changed in July, it's changed now in December, and you know some, we've all experienced it going through TSA. Some folks don't always, they don't always have the most current information. And, and so yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is Sarah. Yeah. Can I jump in again? Real... Yes, please. Um, I, I, I'm I on the CDC website and in there, it, it does state that your dog has to be vaccinated, you know, when they're younger and then like at least 28 days before reentry into the country. There's just yep. one little sentence That must there. be a new entry.
6: It's under, yeah, because I didn't see it, that on Thursday or whatever it was. So uh, that, no, I must have revised it Thursday. again.
3: So and, and you know what? It's really hard to reach them, too. I know they're busy mm-hmm. because of the COVID variation. But it's very mm-hmm. difficult. You've got to go through this complicated phone tree. And I actually yeah. had to pretend mm-hmm. I was a member of the media before I could talk to somebody. So, what, I did the what same problem. thing. I, I used my old associated possi- press. <laughs> what,
0: could this God. possibly be a problem for Dean getting his dog if he was vaccinated in Nigeria in order for it to come back to the United Again. States? Okay. If they're requiring 28 days. That sounds like another uh, um, issue. So,
4: I want <clears throat> to I want to speak you, to Dean off,
1: offline after, you know, um tomorrow morning because I do have a contact mail. Um Who's I have to shout out Guide Dog Foundation and Guiding Eyes because they really took, and I know Seeing I did too when uh, Penny was dealing with them, but they really took a very very strong interest in making sure that we had all the pertinent information, and they advocated and and uh, so I do want to shout them out real quick, but um because of that we have a contact at the CDC. What I'm more concerned about is the microchip. Um, I want to yeah, make sure. Yes. Yeah, can yeah.
5: your dog get microchipped in Nigeria? I know I've been wanting that answer yeah. all hour. That's can,
3: what we're can, gonna and we're and definitely work on that. According to this the is CDC, din- the purpose of the I microchip din- is just to verify that the dog is the dog that you claim it to be. So it doesn't really say anything about its immunizations or anything. It's just all some right. kind of a verification system.
4: <clears throat> okay. okay, so yeah, this is Dean. Um, I don't. No if the you know whether or not the dog can be microchipped in Nigeria, I haven't checked into that um I, because i was so I was so much still focused on the on this end of it you know in terms of, of getting getting him the you know getting him since he wasn't microchipped at the school you know if they would just take the the school's number and all that um in its in its stead. But I so I haven't I've not checked into the the other question I was going to ask you real quick is that the 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 rabies vaccination that you're referring to are they are they referring to getting because my dogs my dog is not due for another another vaccine until August of next year so are they saying that you need the the current and the previous or you need the current and another current and another current uh, No, it's the current
1: and the it's the current and the previous. Oh, okay, yeah, that does yeah, that, that does, makes sense.
5: And the other thing that it does say in the requirements, which um, a couple of people have pointed out, is, and you're gonna have to work with them on this because it says that, you know, if you need a current one, then it will be a Nigerian vaccination. And it does say a United States vaccination by US vet. So you have the one, but if they're gonna require something else, you're going to have to bend the rules mm-hmm. for you.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad your congressman is involved. Yeah. I think you need to really yeah. keep that office involved. Yeah, yeah, I think
5: you might need mm-hmm.
1: him. I want to um, take my, my a dog, couple of moments. Go ahead. No, your dog was vaccinated here last August. I'm sorry? Your dog was vaccinated here in the States last August,
4: right? Yeah, my dog has always been vaccinated here in the States. He doesn't yeah. have anything, any, anything, anything. Um, to do with Nigeria, as far as as far as his um, records go, so both the, both his current and the previous those are all those are all here. Um, so I don't have any problems with that, um, other than the that you know that microchip part of it. Um, but if they're saying they, that, it, I'm sorry, go is ahead. that a common
1: practice in Nigeria? Do they microchip the dogs there? I'm sorry, I, I don't know that I, piece of information. I,
4: I really don't know much about the. The, the microchipping thing with dogs over there, because I've never had that problem with um, my dog. I think I, my one of my previous dogs has, you know, had to go to a vet in Nigeria, but those, that was years back, and and so that was never you know, that issue never you know never came up at all. Um, I mean, I, and I'm certainly going. I'm I'm going to look into that to see if they do any kind of microchipping for for the. yeah even if
1: you know even if they allow you to Mm -hmm. to um have the have it shipped over to a vet there and then just Mm -hmm. you know done there from an american micro you know american microchip company or or from the you know pilot the school but but like i said we're we're gonna work on this offline tomorrow Um, i wanted to give an opportunity byron if you don't mind um if anybody has any hands who wants to offer some support or if they have any questions for Dean about Dean's situation. Mm -hmm. And then we'll entertain questions um, after we go through the current guidelines and a checklist in a little while. But um, Byron, if anybody wants to offer Um, Dean some support. Anthony, could
0: I say, mention one more thing? This is Sarah, I'm sorry. Um, I I did check and it said any uh, dog uh, entering the United States without a U.S. rabies, they would have to apply for the CDC permit.
1: The permit. And
0: but that would be 30 days in advance of your travel. Uh So, um, yeah. Thanks for letting me jump in. I appreciate
1: it. Oh, absolutely. And uh, you know, I think it's very prudent to say, you know, if your dog for some reason has not been rabies vaccinated here in the United States don't bring them on the plane it's just it's just not worth it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know gabe and i had a backup plan going because you know i said to him point blank if we don't have that permit in our hands by the time we get on that plane we're not taking the dogs period mm-hmm. point blank i am you know and dean i'm so sorry i know i, I hope this doesn't sound um unsympathetic but having you know having heard your story there was no you know and again we got the email um last week saying that the the, the uh, restrictions had changed and we were good thank you for submitting the application you don't no longer need it um but you know up until that point i you know i'm not taking the chance and we were we, you know we're leaving on the 18th of december so we were right at that cusp of the six weeks that it could take to to find out about your permit and before you know before we started planning the show when i called the cdc the first time they told me it was basically on a first come first serve basis and they don't even guarantee that even if you fill up the forms entirely correctly you submit the pictures of the teeth you have both right both um certification they don't guarantee that you're actually going to get the permit so my thing was the dogs aren't getting on the plane unless i have it in my hand and we did have a backup plan in place but um, let's go over to Byron. Byron, are there any hands um, for Dean?
2: So I don't see any hands, but you know, I just wanted to put in my two cents that you know, when, when you're, when you're planning a, a trip somewhere, there's so many moving parts and this is just one more moving part. And it's so frustrating. You know, you're, you're worried about, you know, your bag being overweight and you're worried about, you know, whatever it is that you're going to in Dean's case, it was a funeral. Um, I have a friend who is a Paralympian and they're concerned about their competitions and what stuff they have to do to prepare for that. And it's just, you know, no one who is sighted has to go through this. You know, it, it's just so much extra stress and it's just terrible that you guys are having to wrestle with the idea of leaving your dog at home and not having that pair of eyes to help you in your international travel. Um, and then if you do decide to chance it and take your dog, there's a chance that like something will happen with the paperwork or the microchip or, you know, somebody will just be having a bad day and not want to give you any leniency or whatever. And uh, <laughs> It's just terrible that that this is this is the reality that we're faced with right now.
1: I I absolutely agree. Um thanks to some very strong advocacy, they have at least temporarily changed, you know, the guidelines and the restrictions, um but like we've said at any time if if they see the number or, you know, the number of cases of rabies or whatever it is that they're determining in these countries, you know, the the rules could go back to the stricter restrictions at any point. This is not a solid, okay, for the next six months, you're good. So you have to keep checking the CDC, you have to keep checking, you know, the airline websites to see what forms what paperwork you need even if it's domestic travel you, you right now you need the, the, the department of transportation form um <laughs> filled out or or you can't get on the plane with your dog so you know it's it's something um like i said we're gonna do we're gonna go through a checklist in a little while but it's something that you have to be aware of it's you know as much as we want to say the ada gives us a, a certain protections it, when it comes down to it those protections don't matter when you're standing there with a dog and they're telling you, you you can't bring them home or her home.
3: And even when you're making your reservation, you've got to be planning to return to one of the airports that's, that's acceptable and only airports Mm. with quarantine facilities apparently are acceptable. And there's only 18 of those. So you could have to, you know, you, you could have to end up, lengthening your trip so that eventually you would land in one of those 18 airports
1: yeah if you're from lansing michigan you know you can't take a direct flight you have no. to come through no. you have to come through chicago or <laughs> De- or denver or uh, no denver's not on the list i'm sorry you have to come through chicago or miami or new york
3: um, and it has to be the right chicago airport not just any airport you
1: yeah, know? that's right yeah, if you yep. come into LaGuardia, you're screwed. You have to come into JFK or Newark. Um if you come into O'Hare, you're good. If you come into the other Chicago airport, you're screwed. Your dog's going into quarantine.
2: Can I ask um, a I want Oh, sorry Anthony, can I ask a question? Um is, sure. is it possible that um, you know, agents that you might run into might not be informed on the CDC changes that keep happening. It keeps fluctuating. Um and they still have the old rules in their head. And cause I, I know that like with, uh, Guide dog denials on Lyft and Uber. No matter how much documentation you have, no much. No matter how much the law's on your side, um, no ma- No matter how good you are at arguing the facts that are in existence, sometimes people will just deny you anyway because they they, they don't realize or know the rules. Um, right. Is it possible <laughs> yeah. to wind oh, yeah. up in this situation where they don't know the rules and they're you know they have a, an authority over you know they have like a sense of authority or superiority because well i work here and i know the rules and you didn't do this that and the other thing and you're like i don't have to anymore
3: try getting through tsa that's exactly what will happen to you
1: (laughs) exactly a very good point, byron um dean i want to give you the opportunity is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to you want to
4: speak about i think i think we've pretty much covered um you know, the things that the things that I'm concerned about. Um but, uh, but I I again I, I and just to to um harp it again, I think maybe the microchip thing needs to be clarified. So there needs to be more clarification on that, on that angle. Um and then I just think that people need to be be more aware of this, uh, whether that's whether they're traveling yeah. out of um, to those countries or not. It just has to be a lot more awareness uh, on the part of the public with regards to of this well dean you and
1: i will speak tomorrow um i'm going to put you in touch with another sheila who is actually the um north american advocate between um a few of the guide dog schools and the cdc and she has promised you make sure that you have everything you need before you leave the states um so Thanks. you and i will speak offline i hope you're going to hang out for a while in case there are any questions um, I kind of want to turn it over to Sheila and Melanie because I know that they did some research. They were going to um, give us the airports. The eighteen uh, is it eighteen fourteen? Eighteen. The 18. airports. 18. It's eighteen. Yeah. The eighteen airports that you can come into, and um, one of you were going to read out the 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 um, guidelines as they stand right now. Sheila.
6: Okay, Um, which would you like first?
1: Whatever makes you happy, Mike. (laughs) Whatever (laughs) makes you happy. (laughs) Okay, well,
6: I think um, I can give you the list of the the 18 airports if you'd like. I've got that right under my fingers. Um, And that is, um, and these are in alphabetical order. Um, so it begins with Anchorage, A-N-C, and the, the initials are important because in locations where there are multiple airports, there may be, yeah. there's only one designated. So um, the next one is Atlanta, A-T-L, Boston, B-O-S, Chicago, O-R-D, um, Dallas, D-F-W. Detroit DTW Honolulu HNL Houston IAH Los Angeles LAX Miami MIA Minnesota or excuse me Minneapolis MSP New York JFK Newark EWR Philadelphia PHL San Francisco SFO San Juan SJU Seattle SEA and Washington DC IAD so you you need to um, go through the the reentry process at one of those airports, um, on top of everything else that you have to yeah. do if you want to bring an animal
1: into the country. Which means a good seventy to eighty percent of folks will have to have a connecting flight because you have right. to come through one of those. And one like of those said, places people need to be very aware there are, you know, there are multiple airports in Seattle. There are multiple airports there. I said LaGuardia before in New York, you know, there's right. an airport on Long Island, et cetera. Um, you know, there are two airports in the Dallas area. If you come and in Washington, DC, there's three and in Washington, there's hey. three Reagan and um, Oh God. Dulles. Is Dulles. And of course They're it's
3: still. Dulles that you have to go through. It. Which yeah. is the least, least, um, uh,
2: Least good airport. Yes. So can can <laughs> I make a suggestion? Least
3: accessible
2: and least convenient. Yes. So um, one thing that I wonder is, you know, a lot of flights when you book them, they say, "Oh, you're going through Chicago in order to get there, or you're going through LAX to right. get there." Um, would it be smarter to? would it be smarter to book that connecting flight as a separate flight rather than relying on the airline to definitely take you to that airport? Because I do know that sometimes, um, those flights change. And then what if they're like, Uh okay, thank you for boarding your air airplane, uh, for your trip back from Nigeria. We're going to be making a connecting flight in, you know, Phoenix, Arizona, instead of LAX, because blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it would be smarter just to make sure that you do that connecting flight yourself.
0: Yeah,
1: I think that's a really good point, Byron. Thank that's you. That's an interesting
6: that idea. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
6: Of course, that doesn't you know, prevent it from happening anyway. No. Yeah. But um, but it but it it might increase the chances that it won't.
1: Well, the difference is if you book if you book the flight separately. Um, you're not, you're not, they have to, they have to give you a flight back to that airport. To that place. Mm Yes.
6: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, if you're first, if you're first, let's say you want to come into JFK and then go to Lansing, Michigan, you know, they can't reroute you to, um, well, Newark would work anyway, but they can't reroute you to, uh, uh, Maine. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They have to bring you back to that airport on another flight. So that is a really great point, Byron. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, Sheila, I was hoping that you were able to pull up the current guideline, uh, guidelines to read for our folks.
2: And if you want, while you're getting those, I, I it looks like I do have a, a question from someone right now. Awesome.
1: Bring them on up.
2: Uh, Deanna, feel free to unmute and ask your question.
1: Is that Ms. Noriega? Yes, sir. <laughs> Welcome back to Sunday edition.
7: Well, thank you. Um, I've done a lot of international travel, and I know this isn't the first time this kind of thing has happened. Um, during the time when rabies was a big issue keeping us out of going to Hawaii, um, I believe, I'm trying to think, um, I know in, it was the 25th um, anniversary of Ski for Light, I was talking to someone who said that there was difficulty traveling to the host of the international skiing event for the for the visually impaired. Someone did fly in and found that she couldn't fly back to the United States because of rabies um, issues. And I don't know how that was resolved, but um, it's the kind of risk that you take when you fly internationally because things do happen i had a a uh, unexpected landing in haiti when coming back from a different caribbean island and i was not supposed to deplane but the haitian officials insisted they were off the plane and so we got off and then coming back they were afraid of my guide dog and didn't want to touch him and the man was standing there with a machine gun and he said take the harness and the collar off because it's making the machine go off and i said if i don't have any way to control my dog um he's just a dog and he said take them off so i did And then my dog immediately went over to greet one of the security people who was standing there looking at him and the man got frightened and started to run. And the man with a gun was yelling at me, get your dog now. And so I called my dog and he, immediately turned around and came to me and I said give me his collar and the man handed me the collar and I was able to get him back under leash and and collar but it was a very frightening experience so you never know what you're going to really face for your list I recommend having a letter written in the language that um, is spoken where you're going and having a your guide dog school put their official seal on it, explaining what a guide dog is and how it protects them should you get, you know, fall down a flight of stairs or whatever. It's not their problem because you're traveling with a trained dog to protect you from making an error of judgment because you can't see. Um, So, the last time I flew with my dog was a trip to Mexico to get some dental work done. And um, my I'm missing i grad. So we did get all the information. And there's an, a new alert that I just saw that said that these 18 are going to be cut down to three. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't remember if it's in 2020, it's, I think it is.
1: It's so, Miami j uh miami jfk and lax but i spoke to somebody at the cdc on thursday and they they said that they're they're working on that and there may not be the restriction to the three um they want to they're trying as best as they can to keep it open to all of the airports that have quarantine facilities so that may or may not come in but we absolutely thank you so much for the letter idea is absolutely great. And if you are traveling beyond January 14th, um, then please continue to check the CDC website because that they may go down to those three airports, but they are trying right now to keep it so that it will stay to the 18 airports that have quarantine facility. Right.
7: And I did Deanna, run into thank you so a much for bringing problem. It up. Uh, I did run into a problem when flying into Hawaii because I had a through flight to, to a, I went to Kauai, where I owned a condo, and I had to make special arrangements with the agriculture department to have a local veterinarian meet me at the airport, since they don't Mm -hmm. have one on staff, and I was able to work that out, but it really pays to do your homework and study, and in this case, obviously, he didn't have time, Um, and those things can happen where you are on a time crunch. And so um, my last trip to Mexico to finish my my tooth work, I did leave my dog home just because I wasn't sure what was happening and I wasn't sure if they would change it during the three days I had to be in Mexico um, and trap me and my dog on the wrong side of the border.
1: I'm curious, Sienna, if you don't mind, um, you said you work with the CNI. Um, what exactly did the letter say, and how did you go about getting it the first time? Just for both. I'm tri- really liking that idea. Yeah, I requested
7: um, it, and the Sing has a staff member, uh, a guide dog trainer, who translated what I wanted. And then the, the um, head of training signed it and used a, a Sing stamp on it so that it looked as official as we could make it. Um, and what, pre- what
1: did it? What did it say? You know, you it, definitely it said just it train- identified
7: me and my guide dog, um, explaining that you know he had ID, he had a, a tattoo in his ear, he was microchipped, and that he was especially trained to mitigate my disability of being totally blind, and therefore it was in their best interests to allow him to work and to go where he needed to go, and it was general enough so that I could use it for hotels, restaurants, um, shopping centers, wherever I might need to go so that people would not um, object. Because when I first started traveling to Mexico for my business, um, I ran into the fact that different uh, Mexican uh, areas have different rules. And that was an issue with with I know some people that went there and stated condominiums and unusual places that they'd arrived to find out oh no you know you can't stay here so um make it as general as possible but but identify that this is a working dog and what his what he does and that it's important for your personal safety and for their best interest that you not get injured on their property
1: any hey, Mel- Melanie, Sheila, Sheila, Sarah, um, before we let Deanna go, do you have any follow-up questions on this? I- I'm really loving this idea. I'm gonna be calling my school GDF uh tomorrow <laughs> for a letter. But um do, do any of you have any questions for Deanna? Uh,
6: this is Melanie and I don't have a question, but I think I'm with you. I'm I'm really intrigued by that idea. And uh, right, I just wanna thank Deanna for um for for sharing it with us, because I think that's an excellent idea. <laughs> I also idea.
7: instigated another thing. I carry a show leash, which is just um, a a uh, handle on one end. that's all made out of nylon, and it's got a little tiny ring on the other end. And you feed it back through and drop it over your dog's head like a like a noose. <laughs> um,
1: so they can walk through the security.
7: Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that mm-hmm.
1: I don't I've done that go too. through
7: all the hassle of um, mm-hmm. a TSA agent that is afraid of my dog. I've often worked German Shepherds and they seem to generate a lot more fear than oh, yeah. the golden's in the labs. <laughs> oh yeah. So that's,
0: that's just yeah.
7: something that I started doing after the Haitian <laughs> fiasco.
6: Wow.
4: <laughs>
1: You know, I, I shouted, um, Deanna, thank you so much. Um, do you have any other comments before we move on?
7: I keep muting myself. Sorry. No, I didn't. Those okay. were just two ideas they wanted to throw out when you were constructing your list, that there's some things you can do if you've had a bad experience. Um, do some some thinking outside the box, like the show leash. I knew about them because we used them with pygmy goats um
1: (laughs) (laughs) i i actually um not a not a guide mini horse but i got the same idea from a friend who um races mini horses and um (laughs) you know oh my god you know the tsa some people and they really they will press it you have to take the harness off you have to take the harness off no no i don't um, but you yeah. know what, sometimes it's better to just go through the motions. Yeah, even if you just it, have a piece it, it, of
7: twine, you know.
1: It, yeah, uh, you know, I need to make my plane. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to miss my plane by arguing that you're actually in the wrong telling me that I have to take the harness off. You know, and my dog, we've he traveled before I even, um, he was on 16 flights during his year of training. So, you know, he is so on point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it's sometimes like he's I, I can swear I can't see, but I can swear that he's looking at me like he's idiots <laughs> like don't they know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. and,
7: you know, the, the thing about um, insisting that you sit in a particular part of the plane, I don't want to be at it at an exit, definitely, but um, I've often had very large dogs, um, I'm not sure why my biggest was um, 90 pounds a black lab. But I did get him to go under the airline seat in front of me and they would insist mm-hmm. that I be in the bulkhead because of his size. And I would say, no. Okay. Let me show you. Let me put him in the seat that I've requested, the window seat. And I would take his harness off, put it along mm-hmm. the side of the fuselage, mm-hmm. go uh-huh. under, and, and he would dive under, position himself, and completely not um interfere with with the passenger sitting in the middle seats foot space. And, you know, that was a it was something I worked on with him um, to teach him under because he didn't know it when I first got him. That was before the schools were teaching under. But he was a large black dog. And in in with dark carpeting and being around a lot of visually impaired people, I was aware that he was a trip hazard and so I started working yeah. on him as soon as I got him. Um, it was hysterical because I'd be on the floor trying to shove this beanbag <laughs> of a dog under a chair at the seeing eye and the other people would laugh at me and i go, no, this is important because <laughs> my first dog was about 80 pounds, you know, so I knew for from her mom that I needed to be aware, especially if I was working a very large, dark colored dog.
1: Well, Deanna, yeah, you know, I, I, my partner has a, a yellow lab and, and Bodhi is a black lab, and there is definitely a different reaction from some folks, noticeable enough that I can say that for some reason, a lot of folks are afraid of black dogs, you know, yeah. Posh gets a lot, of extra love. I won't say more love. I'll just say extra love. Um, <laughs> you know, because she's an adorable little yellow lab. She's she's very thin, she's very cute, you know, and Bodie's a big 85 pound black lab. And you know, some folks are just afraid. It doesn't matter what you say, it doesn't matter that they have the yeah. harness on, you know, not there's nothing yeah. you can do to convince I always them asked that, that, several times
7: so about my big black lab whether he was a rottweiler.
2: <laughs> yes in, in chicago yes. i had a man
7: climb over a counter to get away from me at, when mm. i went into a store you <laughs> know so um yeah my big black, black, you know was an issue so i did work really hard with him um to to make sure that that i put him against the wall and blocked people by standing in front of him if i couldn't find a table or some other place that was big enough to take the whole dog.
1: (laughs) Well, Deanna, I want to thank you so much for coming to Sunday Edition today. Your, you know, your, your input has been invaluable. Thank you so much at the same time i also want to shout out the ladies on the call today immediately you know from the very beginning of being notice of, of dean's situation of the fact that they, these guidelines were not public you know publicized the way they needed to these ladies really got on the ball and made sure that the information was out there and that we were getting up-to-date information melanie sheila sarah penny you guys are absolutely amazing so I just wanted to do an extra shout out to you all for making sure that we, you know, we have every, all the information that we need for the show, but also for, you know, our brothers and sisters out there who want to travel internationally and want to be able to bring their mobility, you know, there, I call my dog, my canine navigation system. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so yeah. i I don't want to have to. I don't want to have to navigate the world without my canine navigation system. <laughs> so Byron, let's do a hand check real quick and see if there are any questions or comments. And before we get into um, doing a roundtable about what we, what we should have as a checklist.
2: Okay, I'm not seeing any hands, uh, but it is the top of the hour. Should I play the uh, promo that we usually do?
1: You know what? Yes, we will Sunday edition. We will be right back with uh, the ladies of GDY and all of the new restrictions and a checklist. See you on the other side.
2: The American Council of the Blind plays an important role in the daily lives of blind and visually impaired individuals all over the country. Whether it's making products and services more accessible for the blind, advocating for appropriate education for blind students, issuing scholarships to deserving college students, fighting for accessible currency, along with a host of other issues, it takes contributions from all of us you can help by joining the monthly monetary support program, MMS. It's a great opportunity for members and friends to make sure these efforts continue. What ACB does enhances all of our lives. For more information, go to our website, acb.org, click on the donations link, go to the MMS tab, and enter, or call 612-332-3242.
1: You are listening to Sunday Edition with Anthony Corona on American Council of the Blind, ACB Media One, every Sunday at 1 p.m. And like I said earlier, you can catch Sunday Edition at any time, wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm here with the ladies of GDUI. Um, we're going to do a roundtable discussion about getting your a private checklist or a personal checklist before you travel domestically or internationally with your guide dog but before i do i want to offer up the the opportunity to our listeners if you'd like to send any words of support to uh, dana musa you can always email the show at the word celebration with my initials it's celebration ac at aol.com and i will make sure that he gets your words of support um you know what penny i'm gonna yeah. let you lead this discussion Let's talk about putting together a checklist before you travel with your dog.
3: Well, I think the first thing you need to do is visit the Department of Transportation website and look at all the uh, rules regarding f- flying with your dog, be it internationally or domestically. And each of the airlines where you might be uh, f- on, on which you might be flying has a separate form that has to be filled out. If you're traveling with a guide dog, and that's the first thing you're going to need to do. Um, um, this is Sheila,
5: and I I know a while ago I was stepped away from my computer, and I I think I heard you call out for someone to please read, and I couldn't find the official, but I have found what Kenny wrote. If people would like me to stumble through reading this, the format looks a little funny on my little e-reader, but If you'd like me to read, I will. What what Penny so nicely, carefully, thoughtfully wrote out.
1: I think that would be a really great idea and it would help us to formulate a checklist when when you're done with that. Yes, please.
5: It won't be a wonderful reading, but I will do my best. And I'm, this thing plugged in, so I hope I'm close enough to the mic. Do I sound okay? You're good. Okay. So if for any reason you cannot provide the certification if your if dog if your dog received your rabies vaccination in a country other than the united states if you cannot produce the required paperwork if your dog has not been um if your dog has not been microchipped or the chip cannot be read uh, if the rabies certification has expired or if your plane is arriving at an airport that is not included on the list of 18 accessible ports of entry, then you will be separated from your guide dog and the dog will be returned to the country from which the departed, um, uh, from from which you departed no matter how long or short your stay in that country was, and no matter how many connecting flights you took on your return trip from the country of uh, departure, at your expense, exclamation mark.
1: Your we, expense, that, yes, your That is a expense. very important point.
5: So, um, so it, I think we can all see, all of the things we have to attend to, and as Anthony has pointed out, can be can be changing. And then following, I have uh, the list of airports that Melanie has already read, so I won't reread those. Um, I, I don't know, you know, always when you're on the spot, you can't find what you wanted. And I wanted to find the actual official language, but this, what I just read covers it and... Uh, I just, I feel so, um, I know, you know, even when I traveled just within the United States last June, it was my first time having to deal with the DOT form. I was nervous and I had heart palpitations and, you know, throwing this on top, um, you know, thank goodness they rescinded some of it, but I don't think, you know, any of us can be and I think it, it behooves us all. You know, I know GDB, I read something from them and I saw something from the Seeing Eye in uh, July about this other thing. And I don't know uh, if all the schools sent out something on the DOT forms earlier, but I think we all as individuals can reach out to our guide dog schools and tell them how important it is for them not to um, shirk their responsibilities in this area as well because they have a way to contact every single person who graduated with a guide dog. And this is something ACB does not have. It's something GDUI does not have. And I was thinking when we were talking about our dissatisfaction with how the airlines do or don't provide information that we need as travelers with service animals, I think before we can come down, I mean, I wanna come down on them really hard, don't get me wrong, but just looking at it from kind of a, a legal standpoint, how much information do they have to provide to all their other travelers? You know, do sometimes other travelers end up at the airport and they go, well, we're sorry, you should have read the thing. You can't bring 75 pounds in that bag on you know, checking it. If if you you know you should have known that. So I don't know, um, you know, legitimately, that's just a question that's a little bit out of my scope of knowledge, how much we can expect the airlines to provide i know i wrote to all the airlines and i asked them what they were doing about this most recent state of affairs and then then the regs changed and the only one i wrote to four major airlines and the only one who seemed to know about the change on um, october 1st was um american airlines and um one of them didn't even write me back and the other two said oh we're dealing with it we're fixing it we're getting it up on our website you know we care a great deal um, and one of those who said that, and I didn't want to get into it, but one of them who said that was Delta, who Dean flew. And I thought I thought, you know, well, you know what I thought. So hmm. I will let horse else have barn door
1: floor, kind but... of thing. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, Anthony, if if I could follow up,, Please. On that. this is Melanie. And I think that um, she. Thank you, Sheila. Raises a good point. And I think, but but having said that, I the, I I think that it's important to note that this isn't just a, um, a an issue around service dogs. There there are members of the general public who travel with their pets, whether they are in cargo or otherwise, and. This would, this, this would affect some of them, too. I read an article the other day about a woman who, um, who was in the habit of traveling yearly to a, uh, I think it was Belize, to visit family and always took her dog. And now she can't. And I don't recall whether that person, that dog was a service dog or, or a pet. But my my concern is that even for folks who travel with pets, since COVID, um, and I don't don't necessarily mean that it's coincidental to COVID, but there've been a number of changes around whether you can even travel with pets or not. Um, Just within the airlines and now Pet owners um, who want to travel have to uh, abide by all of these rules as well. So it is in the airline's best interest. It's not even just us. The general public that uh, travels by air is impacted by all of this too. So I, in my opinion, it is in their best interest to let folks know about this um, because it is such a huge change. The US hasn't had these kinds of rules in effect before um, for anywhere except travel to Hawaii. And so I think um, you know that. Um, it it is important for the airlines to take responsibility and help get the word out, and it's in the it's in the best interest of the CDC to do an awful lot more than they've been doing to get the word out. They've got I know they've got a lot on their plate, but they're the ones who started the trouble because they're the ones who Mm -hmm. made the rules so they i don't believe they can use lack of funding or no mandate Mm -hmm. or any of those things as a good excuse because they they're the ones who decided that this needed to be done and if they're going to decide that it needs to be done then in my opinion they need to come up with the um the funding to do some public service announcements and some new, and some, you know, advertising to get to help spread the word. And they, as far as I know, have done almost nothing, if not nothing at all um, to help get the word out about this.
5: But so legally,
6: are they required to do more than have it on their website, which they do? You know, that's my question. Well, I don't know that there's any government mandate no, that you know no, agencies have to do public service announcements. Yeah. I doubt
1: it. No, but, there's, um, and we came up against this when we yeah. were also dealing with a uh, you know some some of those fake service animal um, sure. uh, companies, and so you oh, know, yeah, we dealt with with this a version of this when dealing with the airlines, and their only responsibility is to make sure that it's publicly posted. Basically, on their website and in right. any of their materials, when you go to actually book a flight, that's the extent of their, of their legal responsibility. You know, yes, morally but they're speaking, not
6: posting it. This in, the CDC information isn't yet part of the airlines' uh, process of booking a flight, and that's where I think uh, that well,
5: I actually happen. I
0: mean,
6: they, they were, I, I
5: wrote to four of them and I didn't hear from one, but the other three were all very aware and were, were posting. And, and, you know, it, one had already, and two, it was coming up in the next couple of days. And now of course, it's all changed because it but changed, then they changed the right. right. But yeah. they were actually um, aware okay. and, yeah. and one of yeah, them knew, you know, more than I do with yes. the airlines was actually who informed me, uh, Mm-hmm. made my eyes pop up and then my jaw drop that they were, mm-hmm. you know, rescinding some of this on October 1st. I learned that from American Airlines. Okay. So, so that's December good. 1st.
0: Yeah. December but 1st. They should have. December 1st. Have, you know, this went out in July.
1: That's what I was so just going to say,
6: but this was October. So, you were doing this.
1: No, but the thing is, is it, it, as far as I know, and I was told, you know, and I have no way to verify it because say, you know, I don't have the DeLorean and Doc, uh, you know, Doc Brown from, <laughs> um you know back to the future but um delta airlines the representative that i spoke to said that it had been posted um early august when they got the final language uh, of what it was that it was posted mm-hmm. it is on their website you just have that's to look why we
5: it. need the schools to step up exactly. to the plate that's right. because yes. they mm-hmm. can reach more even than gdui and acb Sure. We need absolutely to really yeah. talk yeah. to those guide dog schools and get them into yeah. action
0: mode. Oh, can I, I bring up another area? This is Sarah, and I—I I know we talked about this briefly um, between in the advocacy committee, but um, doesn't this also affect if you are on a cruise or something and you happen to, you know, uh, go maybe in, into a port? That is a high-risk, Great beeps country. Maybe not get off of the ship, but basically returning back into the United States. Now, I haven't seen anything on the CDC website, but I yeah, it says nothing it about cruises. So I think
6: there's yeah, you're correct.
1: Yeah. no no it's when you go to is- when you when you go to book your cruise um actually we we have a really good friend who lives in new york and cruises two or three times a year when you mm-hmm. um when you go to book your cruise um they let you know you do have to have if you're going to if, if you're going to a port of call whether or not you take your dog off the ship to right. get off the ship back here mm-hmm. whatever port whether it be you know for Lauderdale, miami new york Um, To get off the ship with your guide dog, you have to have that CD. You have to have that CDC. Right. Um, Because it's all
6: animals entering the country. It's not just those that are traveling by air. So you would have to comply with the same. Yes, you would have to comply Mm -hmm. with the same rules. And I would guess you have to go through um, similar ports. You know, you're obviously not necessarily going to be going to an airport. If you go on a cruise, but I would guess there are similar ports for cruise reentry to um, the, the ones that have the airports that have um, quarantine stations. They yeah. don't have a list of those on their website. Yeah, they do. I think we
5: need to look this up.
0: No. Yeah,
5: <laughs> you know yeah. What? That's Research a
1: really this. in my experience, mm. the the cruise lines seem to be much more customer service customer right. service oriented. So, yep. you know, when you are booking these things and you tell them, you know, I am visually impaired, I'm coming with a guide dog, they immediately direct you to the USDA, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, mm. I, I, you know, I can't put my hand on a Bible and swear to this, but the customer service uh, service experience seems to be a lot better on cruises, but no matter what, whether it's a boat, a plane, you know, if you're going to swim, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when, you, yeah. when you want to you need come that back into this country, <laughs> you know, before you leave, please do your homework, you know, call your school. Absolutely. Start that way. Call your school, you know, but check the CDC website, check the uh, USDA website, check the, you know, the um, cruise or airline um, website as well. And, And if you don't know, you can always reach out to GDRI. you can always reach out to Sunday edition through celebrationac at AOL.com. We will make sure that you know we direct you, we find we help you find the information you need. Don't think you know, don't rest on laurels. Don't think, okay, you know, I've got my guy dog ID, he's I've got these these certificates of, of vaccination, so I'm good. You never know. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. not worth you know, not knowing, unfortunately, is not an excuse, as as we know from listening to Dean earlier. I yeah, want to do a quick hi. check with Byron and see if we have any
2: hands. Okay, let's see. Um, I do see a hand, but I don't know if it's left over from before. Um, let's see. Deanne is, uh, has their hand raised. Do you have another question? Yeah,
7: there? I was just... Um... I'm going to say something, and I've totally flipped out of my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. Um, I think that, yes, cruises. Okay. Um, it A lot depends on the individual place you're going, and if it's multiple stops, if it's more than one country, um, your cruise line is on top of that. And... um, from what I have experienced, um, one was quite funny. Um, the, the toughest was St. Lucia that I touched down on because it was British. The French and the um, Dutch were okay. They, they were fine with, you know, just the standard agricultural stuff and and all of that. But St. Lucia had to send their veterinarian aboard the ship <laughs> to check my dog's tattoos and examine him when we first reached the port. And then mm. in the evening before we sailed, he had to come back and confirm that I still had the same dog. <laughs>
0: oh my goodness,
7: which I found very bizarre. Again, checking yeah. his tattoo against his paperwork, etc., to make Does sure that I knows? wasn't taking
3: somebody else's <laughs> dog. Off do, the do, all this, do all the schools tattoo the dogs? Because maybe that's something Dean could use if Pilot tattoos the dog and there's some kind of certification oh, to that no. effect. Um, that could maybe work for Pilot for him. I, I don't, don't
7: know. know. Sing <laughs>
3: I always has it tattoos the puppies from their
7: litter, Um, but (laughs) it was rather humorous. The other time, um, I caught a cruise out of San Juan, so I had to fly from Miami into San Juan, and they had the um, (laughs) the the uh, the veterinarian meet me at the airport and transport me to the port so that my dog would not touch a paw down on San Juan which was quite funny because of course after the flight from Miami my dog needed to relieve himself and I explained that to the vet and he said okay um we'll stop when along the road where there's nobody around (laughs) you can relieve (laughs) your dog and uh you know then we proceeded on to the dock and and ordered our, our thing. I think the thing that someone mentioned about booking your flights individually, the biggest with that be, would be that because they're not connected, your luggage might not make the next flight. And it's mm-hmm. no fun arriving without your luggage. Um, I did that That's once so on a cruise and it took um, three days for my luggage to catch up with the um, <laughs> with me um, on an island and meantime I only had what I had on my carry-on and the cruise line gave me a hundred dollars to shop in their um, stores on board however the cruise line prices made it rather um, difficult to find anything <laughs> that would was be you get useful a in the,
1: on the left sock
0: <laughs>
5: well, yeah. no, important it was, question it did was you have dog food
7: <laughs> the you dog Well, actually, I did, <laughs> because it was only my bag that went astray. And since my bag was already heavier than my husband's, I put my dog food in his. So oh, yeah. my <laughs> dog food did <laughs> make the the trip and the cruise line. Um, Stuart had gone out and bought dog food just in case. Oh, oh, um, and wonderful. he was so disappointed that I brought my own because he thought he was being so, you know, mm-hmm. Um, And of course, you know, they decided since the cruise I took the dog on was a seven day cruise in which they landed on a different island every day um, that they didn't need to put up um, a relief box because I could take him out morning and night. Once a day? Oh, no, morning and (laughs) night, you know, (laughs) when we first landed and then um, the last boat, you know back from the, um, the island would bring him. So my husband would take him on the, that last run. And that worked out funny one time because since he wasn't guiding me, they were using a little Zodiac boat to run him ashore. And he jumped down into the Zodiac. And then because it was so springy, he jumped out and landed in the bay. And then they had to lift that 90-pound lab back over the, <laughs> the soft side of a... <laughs> a zodiac salty and wet. So he had to be housed off once we got back to, to he got back to the ship. So you know there's always an adventure traveling with a guide dog.
1: <laughs> yeah. And again, let me just please remind everyone whether you take the dog off the ship to the ports or not, that you know, you can have the, the captain of the ship, you know, swear on a stack of eyeballs. It doesn't matter. Once the dog is on the ship and the ship has gone into ports, you need that paperwork to bring the dog back in to the United States. So whether you plan on taking him off the ship, him or her off, off the ship or not, you need that paperwork. So please talk to your cruise line, um, you know, Stuart, um, you, you know, person who's helping you set up your cruise and make sure that um, you know, you know what ports and what the rules in those ports are, and more importantly, what the rules are coming back to the United States from those ports.
7: Well, Diana. like in, in St. Lucia, they said that I could not leave the, the port city with my dog. And I had booked an a horseback ride um through the jungle. And so I did leave him in charge of the the ship steward because I had it had been really hot on Ile de Saint and I left him in my stateroom. And of course your your cabin people come in and out three or four times a day to make sure you've got clean towels and that everything is ship shape so he didn't know my dog was there asleep under our bed and he opened the door (laughs) and my dog bounced out and he took off running and my dog got out of my stateroom and was running around the ship for a while looking for me (laughs) so (laughs) when I when I left him when to go on the horseback ride on St. Lucia um, he went into the stewards the purser's office and window where you could do currency exchange because part of the the uh, cruise was in in uh, the eastern caribbean and they used ecs and the other part was in another section and they used something else and um so um he was in and they got him to put a a Crewman's cap on his head because he kept standing up and putting his feet on the counter when people would come up to ask for currency exchange. So they took a picture of him as as one of their staff, you know, answering questions at the <laughs> at the uh, window because he would stand up to see if it was me yet. <laughs>
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Deanna. (laughs) Stick around. I want to remind folks, if you have any questions, we have the experts on the call today. You can grab the Zoom information either from the community page or multiple email lists um, from the ACB email list, the conversation, leadership, um, and a bunch of other lists. Grab that Zoom and pop in if you have any questions for our experts today. Um, Melanie. I want to bring you back up for a moment. You um, are the advocacy chair for GDUI. Do I have the right title? Yes. Yes, you do. So what can we do to, you know, what can we do to, have our, to ask our schools to recognize this more? Should we start mass emailing as, as guide dog users or friends of guide dog users? Well,
6: you know, I think various schools, um, their their responses are are for or lack thereof, as as the case may be, are for various reasons. So I think I think that it wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing for folks if they haven't seen anything from their school to contact the school and simply say something like, gee, I understand that there's all these new rules regarding um, travel with dogs. Do you know anything about that? Um, Is there something I should know as a graduate so that people, um, the schools get the idea that this is something that their um, graduates are interested in knowing more about. and, we um, can refer
3: them to our website too, because the the whole information sure. is there on the and, front
6: page
3: of the guidebook. Well, and that's the other thing, website. yeah, because
6: yeah. <laughs> we are trying to get the word out, and and we have already contacted a number of the schools, if not all of them, all the ones we have contact information for, to say, hey, could you share this letter with your graduates? And Penny has, and Sheila have done an excellent job of. Summarizing the uh, the situation that we want the do- the schools to make their graduates aware of, so that all they really have to do is, you know, send out an email that says, "We got the following from GDUI, and we thought it was important for you to know about." So, you know, that um, I think I think that um, that's a, a good thing that folks uh, can do is um, follow that up with an inquiry uh, to let the school, not, not to badger them or not to say anything negative, but to reinforce the idea that this is something guide dog users need to know about. And so um, we look to our schools as the place where we find out information so, you know, We when we contact you, we'd like you to tell us what you know about it.
5: And I think we need to reinforce this is Sheila, um, the idea that the the schools, I think we can give them a reminder to maybe recirculate the information about uh, last year's DOT form, because as Dean didn't know about that in October, there are probably still people out there who might be planning a trip who don't travel very often, who still don't know about that either.
6: Well, no. especially since lots of people travel during COVID, lots of people have traveled far less than they might otherwise. Right. Exactly so, yeah, that. I think I think we need to give folks a refresher on um, what they've missed <laughs> regarding <laughs> travel <laughs> regulations during COVID so that they know that what to yeah. expect.
3: And, and if you're I, a guide dog
4: user,
3: like, um, it's not associated with the school, maybe you train your own dog. If you just join mm-hmm. face, and you're a Facebook person, you can always join the Friends of Guide GuideDogUsersInc.org Facebook group. Or you can always go to our website and you're going to find the latest announcements. And if you're a member of QUI, mm-hmm. you'll get those announcements in your email. So it's what we do to try to keep people up to date. It's not perfect, mm-hmm. but I mean, we're, we're doing our best. Thank you for that.
6: We're trying to use all the resources that we can um, and where we need to, to try to create some, because this is important information. And, you know, um, Mm -hmm. it's, we, we have a very close bond with our dogs as everybody on this call knows and everybody in the audience. And when, when that bond is threatened by something as, as, unfortunate as government regulation it, it's catastrophic um yeah. when i when i heard dean's story my heart was like oh my goodness horrible <laughs> you know having yes. to leave your dog that far away yeah. is like yeah unfortunately uh, he had family that he could leave it with but yeah. um even that would be traumatic to me and unfortunately,
5: awesome. another trip oh, planned yeah. to go back and get the dog, but even yes. with
6: those two good
5: luck points, it's still just an untenable situation. Yeah. And- Absolutely.
3: Well, yeah, That's I cool. knew somebody yeah. whose dog was separated from her in an ER, and it was just by like within minutes of them sending the dog to a shelter uh, in the Yikes. hospital. You know, and like, that could happen. So, yeah, it's and- very scary. <clears throat> So, yeah, so so
6: it's important that we all work together, I think, to um, make sure that we and other people that we know know what's going on. I don't think we should Mm -hmm. take it for granted. if you no. know if you're if you're not a guide dog user and you're listening to this, um, don't assume it's not about me. Make sure that you know that other folks in your chapters and your on your email lists, the, you know your friends and neighbors know about it, because um, it could happen to any of us. And yeah, just because you're uh-huh. hearing this podcast, you know all of this is subject to change. So yes. what's what we're telling you about the rules today may not be the rules when you come, you get to the point where you want to book a trip. So I think um, mm-hmm. you know I want to I, I'd like to get back to Anthony's idea about the checklist because I think mm-hmm. nowadays um, it's it's important that everybody know all of the places to check and all the things to check off their list before they travel, because um, th- there could be more changes that we don't know about today um, by the time you go about planning your next trip.
5: I have a checklist I, on I the GDI and website, website and update
1: mm-hmm. and, and, and that's yep. exactly where I was gonna go. I was gonna ask Sarah actually to step up as the current president um, and let folks mm-hmm. know about the website, how they can join GDUI if they believe in the work that you guys, that we're all doing, um, and that there is a checklist on the GDUI page. So, sorry, Thank
0: you. Yes. Can you hear me? Oh, we yes. can. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure I was muted. Um, thank you so much. And yes, um, uh, anyone who is a guide dog handler or is interested in guide dog handlers or just uh, interested at all in in guide dogs and our guide dog world community is uh, very welcome to join. And you can go to um, www.gdui.org and then that will take you to uh, our webpage of guide dog users, Inc., guide dog users inc. Org. and you can join um membership is uh, uh $15 a year and if you might want to check our affiliates page because if you uh live in a state that is one of our affiliates you might be interested in joining that state affiliate and then you would become a member uh, Florida. <laughs> that um, affiliate and then also gdui as well as acb but if you're at an uh uh, a large number of gdui you're automatically become a member of acb as well and uh, also on our website you can uh subscribe to our chat list that penny mentioned and um it's a a chat list for talking about guide dog guide dog related issues etc and also on our website, you can uh, see the latest uh, newsletter plus the past uh, editions of our PAWS news you can use, um, which gives a lot of wonderful information about guide dogs. <laughs> and uh, also we do have um, a school survey. And we send out a survey to each school with lots and lots of questions and um, you can learn if you're interested in in, uh, uh, getting a guide dog or maybe changing schools or you just want information, we've got all the schools listed in the uh, school survey. Um, So we have a lot of resources as well um, under our resource page. So anyone and everyone is welcome and um you can also call our office at one 799 8436 you can talk to lynn merrill and she can help you become a member or when any other information you might need about gdy
1: thank you so um, much so going back sure. to the checklist as as basic as this may sound, um, whenever I travel, um, and, and since COVID, it's only been domestically until mm-hmm. December 18th when I'm heading to Honduras. But um, whenever I travel, I have a a um, pouch on my on my harness that uh, holds some like the poop bags. I, I could put treats in there. It's a, it's a small pouch, but um, I made a copy and laminated it um, of my the, the card that we got from um, I'm I'm part of the Guide Dog Foundation, America's Vet Dog graduate, Graduates, um, so I made a copy of that and then right under it, I have my sister's phone number, my puppy razors, because I personally have a great relationship with them, I love them, they would do anything for me and for Bodie, so I have both of those phone numbers as well as a copy of um, his current um, rabies vaccination. Right there, folded up in the pouch, because if God forbid something happens to me, yes, he's yes he's microchipped and yes he has all of his tags, but I want as easily as possible somebody to know where he is, what's happening, and to be able to get him if God forbid anything happens to me. So that's my first um, that's my first suggestion for a checklist. Just put you know just put on your dog all the information that somebody would need. If God forbid something happens to you, or if God forbid, for some reason you get separated, which you know these wonderful skilled professionals never leave our side, so that's an unlikeliness. And I'm patting a posh, um, but (laughs) Gabriel's (laughs) dog as I speak. Um, (laughs) Sheila, what do you think is next on the checklist? We've already covered hitting the CDC, the um, um, USDA website, as well as your airlines. Check with your schools. Always, always, always go to gdui.org. What else should we put on our checklist, Sheila?
5: I think that one of the most important things if you're traveling outside the contiguous United States is to have the websites handy where you're going to check for the regulations. And that can be a bit daunting for some people. So I think something we haven't discussed today, and I think this is uh, probably a good thing to do, um, is to check with your vet. Because sometimes, or anytime, if you have a a good vet, which I hope everyone does, the vets have all this information, and they can look up the different countries, and they can sort of help um, decipher the fancy jargon, and they can make sure that you are on track with all of your vaccinations. And if you go to a country, there there are still several, I've been to Norway three times and it's the scariest thing I've ever done in my life in terms of traveling with a guide dog. They have so many rules and just thinking of it right now, you know, makes a cold spot in the pit of my stomach. So complicated. (laughs) And there again, it can change, but your vet is a great ally for helping you navigate all these um you know sort of daunting difficulties traveling internationally with a guide dog. And there are some make countries sure your that...
3: chip is readable. So that's absolutely. another
1: thing. yes. But I was really that out when we were when here.
3: I was going to travel with uh with Willow and and I knew she had been chipped and and then he couldn't find it with the reader. So uh that's really important too. And there's that's more than absolutely. one kind
5: of microchip.
3: They're yeah. different,
5: and there's, you have to, if you're going to Europe, and I don't know about African nations or different, but I know that there are international microchips, and that's part of the process that you would go through with your vet is, if your dog already has one microchip, chip, but it's just good for the United States, you're going to have to get another one, so that's Absolutely. another when the mm-hmm. last time I went to Norway, we were a bit nervous. I actually borrowed <laughs> my vet's microchip reader and took it with me. Oh, that's smart. Wow.
1: Mm.
5: <laughs> mm, <swear>. That is <laughs> so smart.
1: Yeah, That's really <laughs> but smart. It took up <laughs> space.
5: <laughs> it took up <out laughs> space, but I took that microchip reader with me because I was so terrified because I had a really bad experience that I won't share here. Mm. But uh, a few years ago, I had something. Not quite as bad as what happened to Dean, but pretty bad. Just on the very last day, I found out that I had done something wrong and I had to find somebody to take care of my dog while I went to Norway um, Mm. at the last minute because this vet, I finally called the airport because I... I just was so nervous and he said i guarantee you young lady if you bring that dog to this airport it will be in a cage the whole time you're in norway uh-huh. like, Oh my! Yes, my bring it home but it was like oh my gosh so yeah
1: <laughs> when you go to the vet also there are quote-unquote recommended vaccinations to lots of countries around the world but there are also mm-hmm. some required vaccinations for especially a lot of the african nations and a lot of the central and Southern uh, uh, South American nations—they're required vaccinations. They're not recommended. So you want to make sure also that you check every—you know—the country that you're going to, um, what their requirements are. Have and um, Sheila said it. I think Melanie said it as well. Your vet is your is is your best. Provided it's a good vet, and I'm knocking that everyone like someone else said, everyone has a great vet. But your your vet has a great um, resource for that.
6: Well, and and this is Melanie, and if I may, um, there are also certifications um, when, I forget now which country it was, um, but I was required to get a, I traveled somewhere for work where I was required to have an international health certificate. And it was basically just affirmation that my dog had up-to-date vaccinations. But it was on a particular form and you had to pay $125 to get it. So, you know, <laughs> no. I think what what we're finding, the situation we're in now is that before everybody knew that, you know, if you're going to somewhere, you have to check and see what the rules are for that country. But now it's also <laughs> it, we have this additional thing because the United States has joined the ranks of the countries where if you're coming to the United States, you have to have something to come to the United States. And for us who live here, it means you have to have something in order to come back. And um, you know, so, so the point of it is that now, um, now you have to have, not only know what the rules are in the country you're going to, but also the country that you're coming back to um as a as a citizen or a law or a legally resident a legal resident so yeah
5: (laughs) we We have no immunity
1: yeah yeah we've got just about 10 minutes left so i want to do one more check of hands with byron is anybody waiting with a comment or a question
2: let's take a look i don't think so nope there are no other hands raised at the moment
1: all right, then I'm gonna give mm-hmm. all of the fine folks on this call the opportunity to give some um, some last thoughts. And if Dean, if you're still on, I'd love for you to, um, to step up and, and tell the folks, um, you know, when you're bringing your dog home. And and um, like I said, they can uh, send any words of support to at celebrationac.aol.com and I'll make sure that it's forwarded to Dean. Dean?
3: I think I heard that he left, but I could be wrong.
1: All right, then you know what? We'll start with Penny and we'll go down the list. Penny, some final thoughts?
3: Well, I just want you to, uh, all of you who uh, have guide dogs, to uh, check with your schools, check with GDY, check with your airlines, check with anybody, no matter where you're traveling, and make sure you're up to date with the latest information. I encourage you to join GDY it's, uh, it's certainly an affordable way to uh, keep up with the news that you need to know in order to be a guide dog user and take care of your dog. And uh, I just want to wish you happy holidays. Uh, Sarah mm-hmm. might want to talk about we're planning a community call during the two weeks, the week between Christmas and New Year's, and maybe uh, yeah. you could come and uh, meet some other members of GDY and get to know us better. You don't have to be a member to join the community call so thank you Anthony so much for doing this and you and Gabriel had a wonderful wonderful time in Honduras and thank and Bodhi and Posh as well
1: absolutely mm-hmm. Sarah
0: oh thank you oh Penny said, said it's beautiful um and yes everybody who's interested is certainly welcome to join uh GDY and we are holding a holiday kind of a uh Uh, kind of a chatty yappy time for uh, uh, members and friends you don't have to be a member and it's going to be December 29th um I I I I don't recall the time but uh the zoom information will be um on our uh chat list or you could certainly send me an email president at guide Dog users, inc, inc.org and send you the information. And I have two quick tips for uh traveling. Um I'm also oh, yes. a member of the Transportation Security Administration, the coalition. And um if when you're going through the screening process uh with your guide dog, or if it's even if you don't have your guide dog, um, and there's an issue that comes up you can always ask for a passenger support specialist and they, uh, would re- they're supposed to respond within five minutes to where you are. Um, so if there's any issues that you need extra help with, passenger support specialist. And um, on an aircraft, if there's something that comes up that you need extra help with, you can also ask for a um, customer rep, customer resolution officer cro which is also a crow and they will step in to help with any types of issues you might have um so yes happy holidays to everyone and safe travels to anyone who is traveling and especially to uh, anthony and gabriel <laughs>
1: Thank and
0: you. Uh, and i hopefully dean will uh give us an update um, absolutely. absolutely. He is welcome back yes. on
1: Sunday edition anytime. Absolutely. And I want to I want to add my enthusiastic. Um, if you are not a member of GDUI, please consider joining. Go look at the website. Whether you're a member or not, GDUI will always be there for you for any guide dog related issues. But you know, we're stronger with numbers. So, you know, if you have the desire, if you have the, you know, a couple of extra bucks, please go and become a member of GDUI. Sheila. Um, I'm going to ask you for some final thoughts, but I'm also going to ask you, is there anything coming up with Get Up and Get Moving that we should know about?
5: Well, I'm going to leave the Get Up and Get Moving be, to a future uh, date because like the CDC, <laughs> it's, it's, um, we are actually having a full committee meeting this Thursday and we are interfacing with the ACB staff Um, And nailing down um, a timeline that we can work with in 2022. So I don't want to speak out of school about anything because next week is when we're nailing it down. If it were next Sunday, I'd have a whole list, but not not this week. So... um, I just want Well, to there is a possibility
1: everybody. that you'll be back here on the 19th. I've offered up um Sunday mission yes, and That's Tom one and I... of
5: the things that is, you know, being discussed. <laughs> so mm. how that's gonna work. So I, I know that's awesome. on the list. So um <laughs> and, and I just you know want to um really say what, what everyone else has said. I I I want to stay in touch with Dean. Um, I have his phone number. I will call him when I get so curious I can't stand it. And if he's not in Nigeria, maybe he'll answer. And um, I want to thank everybody who's been on this call, everybody who's worked on this really important issue. I I love to feel the synergy of people coming together, you know, to get important work done and thank everyone who's made this, um, you know, radio show possible, you, Anthony, and, and, um, and our zoom host and, Honestly, you know, this has been a really fulfilling couple of hours, and I can't say enough. GDY, I'm a life member, so, you know, I don't even have to worry about it. I'm just there whether they want me or not. And um, to all the dogs out there, everybody give your dogs a big hug. Have a great holiday and woof, woof to everybody. <laughs>
1: Melanie who has an incredible history with ACB in general but also with guide dog users and I'm so so pleased to finally have you on Sunday dish and some final thoughts
6: well thank you uh, Anthony it's it's been great to be here and um, thank you I think the thing that I want to say most is thank you for being one of the uh, outlets that we um, can can have available to get the word out because this is an important issue for um, for guide dog users, and I appreciate your making the time available. Um, and um, I know that you have a vested interest, but I also know that you plan your shows in advance. So I appreciate your flexibility and uh, and your your concern in working with us, and I. Um, I hope you enjoy your trip. I hope that um, all of your diligence pays off and that you don't have any unpleasant adventures on your, on your own trip um, and that you guys have a great time with family. So just thank you for letting us be here. Um, I wanna encourage folks to, um, if you have questions that you didn't think of during the program, um, you can I think you can probably get in touch with Anthony, but you can also send an email to advocacy at guide and um, it will get to me and if I don't know the answer, I will try my best to find it. If I do know the answer, I'll get right back to you with it as quickly as I possibly can. So um, please feel free to send us any questions if they come up after the program that you might have and stay tuned for other um, option. other um more information because as soon as we have it available we'll do everything in our power to make sure that it gets out to the acb community so hope that helps and thanks again anthony
4: that for having absolutely us today. Helps.
1: i want to thank all of you for being here thank you so much i want to when you know send out my love and support and hugs and all of the best that i can to dean i'll be speaking to him tomorrow to make sure that we have all those ducks in a row next <coughs> week on the program i'm actually going to be speaking with the folks from accessible pharmacy so if you have oh. questions about how their service works and um, we're going to have a couple of testimonials some folks that are using the service um right now who are going to be on here to talk about it um, as well as andy and Oh, man, I want to say David, um, the two company runners, they will both be here. So please come back next Sunday. Um, Right now, there is a beautiful holiday marathon going on on ACB Media 4. Right now, it's Tyson's Block. So if you are interested in some holiday fun, please go check it out. And this evening, uh, BPI and um, California, oh, man, I never get this right, CDI, uh, oh, no, IDC, excuse me, BPI (laughs) and IDC are holding a listening session. To talk about the recent verdicts that have come down, um, the tensions that we're feeling in the country. This is not going to be a debate session, but it is going to be a listening and healing session. That is at 7 p.m. Gabriel has posted it all over. But again, if you don't see it, you can always email celebrationac.aol.com. And I'll make sure that you have that link. We'd love every single one of you listening today to join us. And um, I am sure that uh, we will be back with some great information in the new year as far as whether or not these airports are going to go down to three or six or stay at the 18. I promise to keep you informed. And as soon as we have a resolution to Dean's story, I'm sure he'll come back and talk to us about it. Good luck with Oreo and have a great Sunday. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Sunday Edition. You've been listening to Sunday edition with Anthony on ACB Radio Mainstream. For more information, questions, comments, feedback, suggestions, etc., please email celebration AC. That's the word celebration with the letters AC at AOL.com. Look forward to hearing from you and let's brunch again next Sunday.